Destiny McMillan, Northern Colorado Legal Support. Otherwise known as a senior landman. And is that, uh, is that true? You're a senior landman? It's true. So, I've been a senior landman for a couple of years now. So just very, you know, naivete. Is there a junior landman? I've never heard that term. Yeah, so, you know, there's several bridges up through the um, the land department. You can generally start as, like, a lease analyst, land tech, um, and then you move into the, you know, like, junior land man. Some people call it an associate land man. That's what um, I've heard. And it, yeah, it's different at different companies. Everyone has their own nomenclature. Um, but then once you re- reach a certain level, um, senior land man is kind of the the rung right below a land manager. All right. Well, thank you for that quick overview. Sometimes I like to do just a little one-on-one, little or a little one-on-one, if you will. Just a lot, lot of new faces in the oil and gas industry. And today's topic is one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of those examples of the new faces in the industry. On our program, we said for probably the last seven years, there's a vetting process going on in the oil and gas industry right now. There's a change happening to where we've said this three, four, five years ago with the narrative when it comes to environmental and environmentalism and and the environment to where let's get rid of fossil fuels is the new narrative. And that's that's astounding to me because that's that's actually an insane comment by its literal definition. It would be uh, the walking dead without zombies in three days without any drilling at all. That's just that's fact. That's not even debatable. So the fact that We've gotten to the point to where two presidential candidates now are actually saying, I'm going to ban drilling once I'm elected president. That That's crazy. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. And now Colorado has even gone to the point to where there's some banning of certain drilling areas to where I've read reports that anywhere from 60 to 80 percent of all active or, or available uh, gas reserves, oil and gas reserves are going to be impacted. So there's there's a sea of change going on. What I'm getting to about the vetting process was there's about 70% of the industry retiring. And it's probably down in the next three years now. It's been happening over the next three or last three or four. So there's a vetting process going to where they want to make sure that the new generation coming in has an understanding of the business that's been built and a respect for the land. So that's why we brought on Destiny McMillan, senior land man, to talk about some of these changes, some of the things that are happening in Colorado. And I, I went a little overboard on my monologue, so I do apologize. And we try not to get political on this program, but we've been trying to, to I guess, be chicken little because for us, this isn't politics. This is reality that the narrative has really gotten to the point to where they're banning oil and gas drilling in states now, and I've even read to where they're bleeding into Wyoming possibly, but two presidential candidates are now just have no problem saying an absolutely insane comment like that. So um, how are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, um, the oil and gas industry is not a stranger to downturns, and um, you're right. There's a lack of personnel um, between the ages of, you know, 40 and retirement age, you know, I have a theory that um, landmen never retire, um, and that's just, I'm third generation oil and gas, and both of my uh, grandfathers retired several times before they actually, you know, hung up the 
hung up their hats. But um, there is there is some concern about you know the political rhetoric, um, and it it is fairly new. Um, and, and it's got it's got ramped up very quickly. I think it's it it's, did it, it went and it accelerated. Were, were over, yeah, and the impacts were overnight. You know, I um, people people have been talking about it here in Colorado. Um, Proposition one twelve was introduced to our ballot last November, and the oil and gas industry, you know, had to really come together quickly. And get the messaging out and and do that. We had not we had not prepared for that. We were we were not really um, engaged in that because our job are to go out and produce energy so that when everyone flicks on a light switch or turns on their heater, their heat comes on. So it was a, it was a new kind of political landscape, even for me personally. Um, you know, I went and we we defeated Proposition One Twelve in Colorado. And we all thought, okay, we've got a little bit of breathing room. The voters in Colorado want us to seriously look at the environmental impacts and, um, you know, show them what our, what, our, what our safety regulations really look like out in the field. And so we were, you know, I'm on the um, uh, board for the COGA, um, a committee actually for COGA, and one of our talking points was, we need to really um, get some messaging out to the general public about, you know, these are the safety regulations. Colorado owns the most patents for safety equipment that's used out in the field. Um, we have some of the smartest people, the smartest engineers um, in Colorado that work every day to try and improve um, air quality. They try and improve safety um, at the, you know, at the wellhead. Um, and so there, there was all of this stuff that was going on behind the scenes for years that no one, no one really talked about because our industry is really kind of private. I mean, we, we are not out there, you know, um, you know, we don't put up billboards. We just don't do that kind of, um, I guess, positive messaging, if you will. So it kind of caught everyone on their heels um, when this Senate bill um, popped up, and we had kind of hoped that there was going to be a little more dialogue and maybe a chance for amendments and, and really get down to the nitty-gritty and, and see what was in that bill that, um, what was the real purpose of this bill. Um, and of course, you know, I'm sure you saw that um, that bill was, was passed very quickly. Um, I, along with um, thousands of um, landmen and field workers and roughnecks, um, we all went and testified to the Senate to, you know, kind of explain, like, there's not been an economic um, impact study to show what happens when, as you said, 60% of one area um, loses revenue. How does that impact people locally? How does that impact the entire state's economy? So it kind of happened really fast, and now everyone is, is really looking at, like, okay, what are, we have some support from, like, the Weld County Commissioners had um, a meeting this morning and were, you know, basically saying we're behind this industry 100%. And um, so now we're really kind of starting to focus on what's going to happen at the COGCC. Um, but we don't know um, the counties that are um, 
you know, maybe a little wishy-washy on, on whether they support us. They're trying to throw together committees to um, meet the, the new standards for the law. So it's just kind of been a, it's kind of been a little bit of a, um, a runaround, I guess, for lack of a better term. Well, it's uncharted territory. And, it and mm-hmm. it's the, the closest thing that I've seen is the smoking ban, which happened in a lot of different areas where you have so many feet away from a building that you can smoke, yada, yada. It's not, it's not in the same ballpark, but it's in the same blueprint, if that makes sense, to where it was, a, it was kind of a back doorway to ban something through public health and safety. And mm-hmm. that, that's pretty much the way I saw it in Colorado. And when, when I saw that in November, we started actually having people on our program from the education standpoint that, listen, folks, we're not trying to be chicken little here. This is organized. There's, there's, a, uh-huh. there, you know, there's resources behind this. And Colorado, to me, seemed like the test state because... Well, it's a very outdoor, you know, earthy granola, you know, whatever. What's what hippie nonsense, as my friend always calls me, because I, I I get into some hippie stuff. I love Colorado. <laughs> I, I like hiking. I like the outdoors. So people call me a hippie. But um, of course, it, you know, Colorado's a little bit more left leaning, is what I'm getting at, versus a Wyoming or North Dakota or Texas. But now I'm even seeing where Wyoming is even looking at implementing some of these things. Have you have you seen those reports coming up too? You know, I have. I've seen, um, I think the, the most um, provocative for me was the district court judge who um, basically put a halt on all of the, there's like 500,000 acres worth of federal leases claiming that the um, environmental impact study had not been done to his satisfaction. And um, that's the first time that we've had the court, you know, really, um, I guess, just totally and in, in, in entirely not um, validate leases that were bought and paid for, you know, by private companies to the government. And so that was, that, that's a little alarming to me. I've been kind of trying to follow that really closely just to see how that shakes out. Um, I'm not 100% familiar with what exactly that did, you know, what studies he wants to see done, but I think that that's going to be really impactful to the state of Wyoming. And if it, you know, if that, if that becomes the new normal, that's going to affect all states. Oh, this is, this is, a, land. this is part of the paradigm shift that's going on in oil and gas right now that I did not see coming. We, on our program here, we've been talking about the paradigm shift for the last decade, horizontal drilling, um, for, uh, hydraulic fracturing. We've got dozens of CEOs on our programs talking about the paradigm shift that happened because of that. And so everything is changing. The technology sector has actually been just been booming because of the oil and gas integration and and everything along those lines. This I did not really see coming to where this is going to impact communities. I mean, the only industry that's added jobs in the last decade is the oil and gas industry. All of the other industries have not added jobs. If you take a net gain at the end of 10 years, the mining industry, because of the oil and gas, is the only industry. So that, that, yeah. that, that, that's what scares me, is that, that that's, the, that's the reality. And so you start looking at some of these oil and gas communities, you take it out. I just read this morning where now $34 million is not going to be budgeted for a local school or a gymnasium now. And I forget yeah. the name of the town because they're not going to get the oil and gas revenue. And so That's correct. you're starting to see the trickle effect happen before 
anything happens because we're, we're exactly. in the uncharted territory. So people are just reacting and trying to figure things. By the way, uh, Destiny McMillan on the line with us here, senior landman with Northern Colorado Legal Support, third generation oil and gas. Also, uh, I did a quick look at your LinkedIn profile. Did you get an award for uh, women in oil and gas being one of the, the, the leaders in terms of the industry? I did. In 2017, I was honored by the um, Denver Business Journal as um, one of the top women in energy in, here in Colorado. I was, so, I was very honored. I'm hum- I was humbled to accept that. Well, we're humbled to have you on the program because, you know, be, between between your third generation and your uh, awards and everything, we'll call you an expert since we're talking about <laughs> call, call, call Well, hey, you know what? You, you, play, you pay, you play. You've done it. So good for you. You know, you're there. You're at expert status now. Um, oh, well, thank you. I you're you're welcome. It. So what's next? What, what are you hearing from companies? What is your company doing to adjust? Just uh, I, I know we're in uncharted territories, but has anybody made any you know, real moves, you know, has, has, has somebody got up and left and said, all right, we're moving to New Mexico? Yeah, I, um, you know, aside from the people that I serve, so I'm, I'm considered a third-party consultant to the industry. So, um, you know, I've worked with um, the extraction. I've worked with Noble. Um, those companies, you know, they have their own um, issues. I feel like they're going to be in a better um position to you know ride out and see how this how this really actually plays out but in the meantime the third-party consultants uh, those are the first people to go and so you know they if they have to trim fat so to speak um, it's people like me and my company that that are immediately impacted Um, this happens during downturns but generally a downturn happens um you know, a little, a little more slowly. You kind of, you kind of see things trickle off versus just, you know, the hammer dropping and people walking away. Um, I have had to really kind of turn my focus to, you know, if if companies in Colorado are not going to be needing title opinions or needing title to be looked at, um, then where do I go? Is it Wyoming? And like. We just discussed Wyoming's kind of, you know, they've got a great, um, they've got a, two great plays up there, the Green River and the Potter River. Um, but, you know, how are, how are they going to be affected? Um, again, you can go to Texas. The Bakken is great where you are. Um, and so those are things that I really have to look at. Um, there are companies that have just, they just shut down. Um, I had a company that was working with me in Weld County, um, on the western half and they had you know almost 17 million slated to do a project up there and they just said destiny we you know we can't we don't know if we're going to be able to realize our investment and so we can't do anything until we this whole thing rides out until we see what's going to happen you the last thing you want to do is spend that amount of money and then not be able to um you know profit off of it right that's interesting um, how you how you said downturn because, you know, the industry is not going through a downturn. Just the state of Colorado is going exactly. through a downturn. It's wow. a downturn by legislation. Totally. Yeah. Downturn by yeah, legislation. The is, mm-hmm. The industry is booming um, outside of Colorado. As you know, um, we finally reached national energy independence. And that's, 
a goal that the industry and, and from what I've seen prior to this last election cycle, um, you know, our state and our federal government, we've been pushing for that. We've been striving for that. How do we become energy independent? And we, we accomplished that, which was, um, you know, a huge accomplishment for our country. But some people don't see that. And I think that, um, you know, there is, there is a disconnect between how oil and gas impacts your daily life, the petroleum byproducts that you use, <laughs> that people don't put together. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, yeah, it truly is. From the medical industry. Well, like I said, um, the, the fact that you actually have two presidential candidates saying that I'm going to ban drilling, and those are your legitimate lead candidates. This is not a Republican-Democrat thing. This is just whether that is an insane comment or not. And honestly, that's an insane comment. I mean, I'm not trying to be exaggerating. I'm actually just trying. We're a non-political program for these reasons. We, we, we're, we're actually, I, I, listen, I won two radio awards for the top political station in the upper Midwest, okay? They've been number one for 30 years. I was, oh, there for, I was there for three years as executive producer. I won two national awards, okay? Now, we don't do politics on this program because everyone else is doing politics. You can't even watch ESPN without getting politics. Honest to God. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. For some reason, they, they got people to care about the um, national anthem. And that hasn't happened in 30 right. years. And it's all through politics. You can't even, I mean, you can't watch a sitcom without having politics involved now. So we, we just consciously said, we're going to be non-political. In fact, we put it in our marketing and our social media numbers doubled in a year because we were the only ones doing it. We were the only ones being non-political. ESPN and right. Bravo. Actually, that's not true. Kim Kardashian, uh, they had their own little vein too. <laughs> So essentially what you had available to the public through traditional media was Kim Kardashian-fueled uh, pop culture and, and politics. That's all. So we, we, we went this way, and we started noticing that this issue was becoming more and more of a real serious threat to where the DAPL protest, for example. You had rubber bullets fired at the protesters and they brought the disabled army vets. So, you know, there, there actually are war drums being beaten here, too. So now you're, starting yeah. to, now, now you're starting to take away livelihoods from people through. I mean, this is a serious, serious issue here. So I, that, that, that's why we are so serious about it, because this is going to impact people's lives. And it's, it's too early of a sign to tell. But a downturn in a one whole state, what, what's going on with your guys's? communities that are relying on this i mean what are the local people doing they got to be i mean just walking on eggshells everyone is everyone is very nervous um you know there was a company that that left the western slope about two weeks ago um they just they just packed up and they moved their operation um to oklahoma and um the gazette over there said that that was 11 million dollars in wages the wage earners, and those are working class people. And I think that you know, as you were saying, that these are the people that you that you speak to and that care about what you have to say. They want to they want to get the good information without it being you know too far leaning one way or the other. Um, but those are the people that are going to be um, you know 
most impacted, and it's not just industry people, um, these restaurant owners, the um, clothing stores that provide um, FR clothing for the field guys. Um, oh, and, field and, and the clothes that, that their, their, their spouses are buying, too. Exactly. Um, you know, their kids are going to school there, so the schools are funded. There's just, you know, everyone's kind of, um, you know, some people that are immediately impacted, people like me are, you know, we have no choice. We have to immediately kind of, you know, reassess and realign. Um, it's, it's positive that, you know, we have the, the, some of our largest producing counties are kind of behind us. But when you have private companies like the oil and gas industry that they really rely on profit, they don't have a choice. They have to go where they're going to still be able to make a profit. And the people that lose out are the working class people in this scenario. And that's, that's the real unfortunate part. That, that's the um, one thing I wish the legislatures, uh, the, the politicians would understand that um, you're not going to win in a game of chicken with oil and gas. They, they don't play chicken. I know you think they are, but no, what they're telling you is actually true. That if you don't do that to this tax, we have to leave. It's not right. because we're, we're threatening you. It's because we have shareholders and it's because exactly. we have we, we have people that need to get paid. And if your community does not want our money, well, there's a community in Oklahoma that does. And unfortunately, that's just a sad reality of it. You know, that's I always tell people, don't play chicken with oil and gas. You're going to lose. I mean, because they're, they're, they're not playing the game. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> Well, I don't think people understand, you know, how many people are actually involved in the food chain for um, oil and gas from from cradle to grave before you even put the, um, you know, the stake in the ground for the first well. There are thousands of people that have worked to get that stake in the ground. And then the well is drilled and there's, you know, thousands of people that do that. They have to get it to market. There's, you know, hundreds of people that do that. And, and I don't think that people have really um, looked at the impact from, you know, a prospect area all the way to getting that, um, you know, the gas into your gas tank or the oil down to Houston or, you know, over to Oklahoma. I mean, just people just don't really understand what that really looks like and um i think that's something that you know maybe we can improve on here in colorado but i think as an industry as a whole we all need to be really concerned and and really focus on that message because as you state um there are political candidates that are higher up that will affect the national the national um economy that are supporting this same um you know, legislation that, that our governor is supporting. I, it was really interesting to me. It was the first time he had a, uh, uh, Governor Polis had a press conference um, last week. And he, it, in all of the, in all of the Senate Bill 181, it was all about environment and, you know, health and safety and regulation. Um, and he made an interesting comment that, that no one had made before and he called it the war on oil and gas. And that was the first time that I had heard any political really? person in our state government say that. Yeah. And it struck me because, you know, from our vantage point, from my vantage point, I think from, from the vantage point of our industry, we are not in a war. We are trying to go out and provide heat for your homes and, you know, 
put food on the table for our families. We not only serve our own families, we serve everyone else's families in Colorado. And so that was a very interesting comment. You just um, you just really validated. You va- sorry, you validated what I was getting at, which is it's exactly. it, it, it's a war, and that's how they look at it. And <clears throat> and unfortunately, the industry doesn't look at it that way. They look at it like, no, actually, we're helping you turn your light on, and we're helping right. you. Well, that's the thing what you said earlier that is lost on people is that they don't understand how their light comes on. Um, in fact. Big props out to the coal miners right now because thank you for turning on about, uh, I don't know, 50%, if not seven, like 90% of North Dakota is powered by coal. I mean, and mm-hmm. I, I would imagine Wyoming is pretty close too. But um, so, I mean, coal is, is the, you know, still the step or whatever you want to call it, the, the step dog or whatever that gets beaten on. Um, the one sure. thing, though, I, that I do think the oil and gas industry is a very unique position right now. And that is because the narrative has gotten so extreme that you have presidential candidates actually saying, let's ban drilling, that I think they can actually spend some money and promote on PR. This is like one of the unique times in oil and gas's history to where they can because they're the only ones actually trying to save the planet, in my opinion. They're, They're the only ones making the investment trying to improve the technology and the way that they're trying to mine energy. And a lot of the environment, take Bernie Sanders and um, Elizabeth Warren, just two people that are saying, let's ban oil and gas. Um, Do they have iPhones? Because it takes 28 rare minerals to use or elements in order to have an iPhone. And I don't know, the last time I checked, lithium mines are not very good for the environment. They're not very good. So... Let's and I've actually turned down interviews from protesters on this program because when I went to their office, they served me a Keurig coffee and I walked out. <laughs> I said, well, OK, let me know when you guys are serious. Well, I, yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, so I, I thought to myself, I'll interview Ed Bagley Jr., I guess, who drives around in a methane garbage powered car because <clears throat> he's living the life he wants everyone to you know do so. I think the oil and gas industry, and maybe this is you know a way that you can maybe create some new revenue and and help them out on the promotional side, is they need to promote right now that okay Meridian Meridian Energy Group is doing a really good job of letting people know about their advanced refinery technology, and so just things like that to say you know what hey we've invested X Y Z into this and look how clean it is and uh, look at that garbage left behind at the Dapple protest by the protesters. I mean, it's it's gotten so hypocritical to where it's almost too easy. And the oil and gas industry is damned if you're doing and you're damned if you don't because they're one of the kings of the economy. I mean, you can't even plant half of agriculture anymore without polymers on the seeds. So, I mean, even agriculture relies on oil and gas. And that's not even for the diesel to power the tractors. I mean, we don't even need to get into that whole part of it either. So um, what do you make of my comment about that, that, the oil and gas industry is in a very unique window of opportunity to actually do some PR. I'm not talking about aggressive guerrilla PR, but at least something, something. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I agree with you. And and I think that um, at least in Colorado on a local level, um, that's really been our focus. We've, um, you know, we've gone out into communities 
Um, we've gone out to go answer Q and As, and that is that is a, that's a political realm that um, you know we usually leave to the politicians, but we've had no choice but to go out and speak to these communities and explain to them the process. Um, Liberty Oil Field Services here in Colorado, you know, they do, um, they do, I guess you can sign up to go and visit a site. You can go and visit a well site. So if you are really interested and you are really concerned and you want to know, the resources are available. Um, we just need to get those resources out into our schools. We need to get them out, you know, into the, the PTAs need to know. So there's, there's, I agree with you, there's an element that we're not fulfilling. Um, I think one of the greatest, one of the greatest um, partnerships that I have seen, um, I was, I was a co-founder of the Women's Energy Network Colorado chapter, and um, as the community outreach director, I started to get um, the National Renewable Energy Laboratory to work with us. So we wanted to basically explain to people how all of the different energy sectors, coal, gas, solar, hydro, wind, how we all actually complement each other and how we are working together here in Colorado to, you know, create an environment that is healthy and safe. Um, I, I don't think that that is widely enough publicized, but that is, that's a huge thing that's going on in Colorado and, you know, BESPA is involved and NREL is involved. So there's, there's things that are happening behind the scenes that people just are not talking about. And that's probably what we could do a better job is, is making sure that that messaging is out there and that people know that we're more than ready and available and willing to talk to you. Um, and, and show you this is how it's all done, you know? I know for me, when I went out to the Bakken, I actually went out to investigate it. I wanted to do some investigative journalism. I wanted to get back into my roots again and all these different things after banging my head up against the wall, doing all that political nonsense nonstop. But anyway, uh, I, I digress. Um, so <laughs> I, I went out to actually to investigate oil and gas because I always heard, you know, evil industry and... Harry the Dirty Dog, and all these different things, right? I didn't spend more than five minutes out there, and I saw very quickly that the oil and gas industry is not the bad guys at all. Oh, my word. They give so much opportunity, legitimate opportunity. They allow communities to have the ability and the opportunity to empower generations, which is extremely rare in today's world to actually have an industry that still allows the essence of capitalism to exist. I, I'm just, exactly. I'm just absolutely heartbroken by what Colorado's done because of that. Because it was one of the last true bastions of capitalism to where the local cafe owner understands how they're getting their money. It's, I mean, when exactly the the, the local ball the ball games, you know, they they have nice outfits because of the oil and gas companies, and the oil and gas companies donate to the local ball games and give to the church banquets, not to look good, no, because their employees go to church there and their workers. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's They don't do it for the show. They do it for the actual legitimate reason of capitalism, which is 
We understand we're making money off this community. And guess what? We're giving more than we should back. We're giving a lot back because we understand we're part of this community. You know what I mean? It's it's just it, it's really sad that that's lost on politicians. Does that make sense to you? It does, and, and I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, I feel like the, the financial impact goes beyond taxes, um, and I think that that, you know, that's where people look the most, is where are my tax dollars going, what's happening, who's contributing to what. It's the, uh, the local, local community outreach that is, I mean, it's amazing, it's, it's we donate far more than any other industry in this state, despite the fact that we only comprise, you know, like, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it was, you know, 17% of the, of the, of the revenue or whatever. Um, and that kind of goes unnoticed because, again, we don't advertise it. We do it because it's the right thing to do. Um, this industry is built on the backs of some of the most morally um, strong, like big hearted people. And, and that's important to us. And I think that's why when, when these kind of things happen, it, it, it feels a little personal because we're like, gosh, you know, like we're out here trying to do the right thing. Um, there was a report that was given by the, uh, Department of Health and Safety that said that, um, oil and gas, their, um, rate of, injury was lower than working for a florist. So florists have more injuries reported than oil and gas people, and that's or oil and gas industry, and that's been ignored. And I don't know why, why people just refuse to, to hear that, but, um, you know, we all care. We all really care about our state. We all really care about this industry, um, and we're a family, and we take care of each other. And that's something that, you know, it goes unnoticed because unless you're in the family, we're not out talking about it, you know? So let's uh, wrapping up here. I'm just looking at the clock. And by the way, this is Destiny McMillan, senior landman with Northern Colorado Legal Support, third generation oil and gas. Women of the Year 2017 in Denver, Colorado. And she also spearheaded what was it the uh oil and gas women's networking group you spearheaded you started the chapter of uh the women's energy network the colorado chapter and go ahead give that a plug in case there's any women that want to know how to get involved or even start their own chapter in their own state yeah that's great so the women's energy network is a national um association of women that work in energy fields and the colorado chapter was started three years ago um we actually just had, oh, about a month ago, the national conference was here in Denver. Um, they do that every other year, but it's it's open to any any person that works in the energy industry. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that I can go to a place where it's a national women in energy conference? You sure can. Oh, that's, we'd love to tell you what we're doing I've, out here. I've in the had dreams industry. about that. <laughs> organization and I, I obviously highly recommend it um, they do a lot of great things networking and uh, leadership programs um, we do a, a ton of community outreach supporting Ronald McDonald House Wealth County Food Bank um, Habitat for Humanity 
the list goes on and on, and I apologize. I'm probably forgetting a ton of organizations. But, it's okay. It's a pop, um, it's yeah. a pop quiz, so, you know, you, you weren't prepared. <laughs> We, we like to do yeah. pop quizzes on this program. You know, that's the beauty of dealing with ex- experts, honestly, that you can just, you, and people should know, she, um, Destiny did not prepare for this interview. In fact, we, we like j- just hooked up over LinkedIn like 20 minutes before the interview and, and got it done. So um, that's, that's one of, that's a testament to you, Destiny, that you were able to do a 36 minute interview uh, on the fly. I mean, we, you, you, you well, didn't prepare for this for at all. Thank you for having me on. Well, I appreciate yeah, it, yeah. thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So let's let's wrap up here. I like to give guests the final word. That way the question is not uh, framed by me at all in case they, you know, want to plug their business or they want to reiterate something or they uh, there was something that we left out or maybe they got a good chili recipe. I don't know. That's why I like to give people the final yeah. word. So, uh, sure. th- yeah, thank you for coming on. And go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, I just would like to, um, of course, send a shout out to our Energy Strong family in Colorado and in Wyoming. Um, Everyone needs to keep their chin up and fight the good fight, and we will just see how this plays out. This is, I think, going to be a temporary situation. We are resilient, and we have all got each other's back. 